0: Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast featuring lead pastor Doug Sherman. For more information about Grace Harvest Church, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you as Pastor Doug shares this week's message. Amen. If you've got a Bible, if you would open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We have been uh, going through a journey through the letter to the Thessalonians, and so we've covered chapter 1 and chapter 2, and so today is chapter 3, it's towards the middle of the New Testament, so just, a, just several pages of your Bible um, there, and you can open up your electronic device, when you're there, say I'm there, I'm there. you need a little more time, say any more time, wow, okay, yeah. You know, it's really funny. I woke up this morning, like many of you guys have, and um, it was actually a great morning. I did get an extra hour of sleep in my normal routine on a Sunday morning, and uh, it was fabulous. Uh, um, I, I tried to, to hustle on down. We had some people who gave of their time yesterday and worked in our church parking lot, and just give a shout-out to, to Jim Anderson and Beg Gemblin. They, they installed new lights in our parking lot uh, on the sides except for one and on the back. And um, so we are so thrilled. They text us some photos of, of when it was dark and how, how light it was in the parking lot. It's a new day out there. I, I, I text them back just really short. I text them back and I said, this makes me want to just go sit in the parking lot and just uh, enjoy. But that would be weird. That'd be weird. I'm not, not going to do that. So so didn't do that. I woke up and um, woke up Feeling great and uh, ready to go, and then maybe some of you guys have had this happen, and then as the hours tick through the morning, um, something happens, like it's, you know, my knee begins to hurt, and you know, my back begins to, you know, th- I open up and read something on, I, sh- I opened up, just like, you know, your mind begins to just, you know, it's spirit, and then I knew, and then I knew, okay, God, you're on the move, you're on the move, and with all of that going on, and I'm well, so, so don't feel bad for me. I'm well. Just I know that God wants to do some great things this morning, so I'm excited for that and I yield to that. So here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 through 13. We're going to read this morning, right? I don't know if you can follow along. You've got your stuff, but I just want to read this to you. Uh, I want it to wash over you. I want you just to think through a few parts. Just we're going to read and um, follow along with me. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it had come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith. For fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and longed to see us, As we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. let me say amen. 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 So we've been on a journey through this letter of Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul's letter to the church um, in Thessalonica to a group of believers, a church that was established that he could no longer be with, that is obvious as you read through the letter that his heart was was longing to see these people that he had had given the gospel to, that he had spent some time with, that he had raised up to a point and then had to leave them. And it was obvious in this letter that his heart was still there. Uh, The book... Uh, the letter to the Thessalonians is arguably the first letter that was written in the Go- new gospel era uh, of the letters of the Apostle Paul. And so we get, we get a beautiful glimpse into the heart of the Apostle Paul for the believer and for the early church, just to put it in, in you know, an order, chronological order. The book of Matthew, so the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was written somewhere about 13 to 15 years after, possibly, um, the book, of, the letter to the Thessalonians, and so so here you have a great picture of, and and really a foundational um, framework for the Apostle Paul writing to the Iliad church, and so, and the theme that we've been seeing come out of of this letter so far is one of, of, of the Apostle Paul longing to see these people, so his heart was longing to see them. Really setting the groundwork. If this was the the first letter or the first thought or the first words about the gospel to the early church as a follow up as an apostle, really set even the groundwork for the Trinity or the Godhead. A, a, a little bit of an understanding of of how an exhortation of how he wanted to see them live, also. That there was a desire in him to see believers walk blameless before God and that a reminder that Jesus Christ is coming again. Quite arguably the the context of 1 Thessalonians um, and even the the second letter, the follow-up letter, is about the return of Jesus. Is about the idea that one day he's going to return again, and so do we live in a way and posture ourselves that would bring glory and honor to his name. And so, so we jump right in um, this section of this letter, chapter three. You know, when he wrote the letter, he didn't put numbers on the pages, right? It was just this long letter, and so as they had to categorize and get it organized and make it easy for us to read and to find things, they they had to put it in, okay, okay, this will be a section, this number's a verse, here's a chapter, here's the breaking point, maybe in thought, and so we jump right here. If I had a caption right off the bat, I, I would say that this section really is about encouragement. That he is reaching out and longing to see and throwing out his heart and words and his feelings, but, 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 but so that the early church, this church, wouldn't bring encouragement to him, but also his desire to go join them so that he could impart some wisdom to them in their journey of faith. Um, have you ever thought about the word encouragement or encourage? Sometimes we don't give much to those kinds of things, but we do know that we need it. And in the absence of that, we long for that. And that plays out in in a number of ways. But, But simply, the word encourage simply means to impart courage to someone. To impart courage to someone. Think about this. To encourage somebody means that you impart courage to someone. To impart courage to somebody. To be able to give them a good word that they can take and apply and hold on to, and it builds them up, it lifts them up, it gives them fresh perspective, it might even energize their spirit, the ability for them to see even beyond what is normal or what they might not be normally capable of, to say, oh, I can do this. You know, the idea of being an encourager or one who gives a good word is not always something that comes by us naturally as humans. I was thinking about this, or just this idea that that just the human condition lends itself, it's so broken, it lends itself to a myriad of of natural conditions and behaviors. Uh, Some people are positive by nature. Some people are negative by nature. Some people are really critical. Some people, uh, you know, just are always looking on the bright side. Some people, I mean, we all have our positions that we start from. We all have our our bent or our way. I, I can tell you that... Uh, just to speak of myself, I probably lean towards oh <laughs> I probably lean towards the uh, probably towards the negative just the idea that I you know it 's easy to see can 't you see that it 's like, oh, oh, and then somebody comes along with a different disposition, with a different view with, with another word and 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 brings a, a fresh perspective. And it does something to me that I can see that too. Oh, you're right. Where was that piece? Like, I, I was totally missing this piece. And then there are some who, you know, we're talking about encouraged, their life lends to that. Now, have you ever known an encourager? Have you ever known an encourager? Somebody who, who comes alongside, and I believe that the journey in the gospel of faith that we all, become encouragers. That in the journey of faith in Christ, it is one of those areas that the Holy Spirit comes into our life and just... Gentle sandpaper and the way they know, sometimes it's a chisel, whack, you know, and, and that hard edge comes off, but, 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 but all to shape us and fashion us into one of those elements that bears resemblance like Christ, and, and this is one of those areas that the Lord goes to work at in people's lives, but, but have you ever known one who, who, maybe they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, their life has been radically altered for the gospel of Jesus Christ, or their disposition, and they're just, you know, encouragers. They're just good to be around, right? They're just good. Maybe it's just that word. And if you're, not, if you're not used to that, it can come off a little different. It's like, wow. What do you want? Right? I'm not like, oh, what? And then you realize, wow, these people, um, this person, they, they, they just, it's just a good word. Your perspective begins to change a little bit. You begin to hear, like, "Oh, regardless of who I think or know that I am, they have a good word for me. I can do this." You really think so? Huh, I don't see that at all. Wow, you, you think that's who I am? Well, that's just part of who I am. You know, the whole. You know, I mean, we can tend to to to, to hang on to all kinds of things that are that are maybe in the negative side that, that lend us to get thinking down a certain road and, and, and Mars and clouds our perspective. And, and this letter, this part of this letter is a great picture to, to, to wait. Whoa, there's more than just this thing going on right here. Or what I could see or this hurt or affliction. The, the Apostle Paul is opening up his heart and we can see a picture of, of what's going on in, in there. And, and so to, to be someone right. And in fact, in the New Testament, there was somebody who was marked by this characteristic. His name was Barnabas. A- and he was an encourager. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't it be neat to have your name etched somewhere like, yeah. Encourager. I- I'm sending someone to you, an encourager. Like, receive them and encourage them. Spend time with them. Let them. I mean, you spend enough time with an encourager, and you can begin to believe that you can do almost anything. I mean, you you really can. They they just begin to speak life into you and speak good word and can speak destiny and hope and forgiveness, and and they begin to speak all these gospel elements over you and in, and they begin to speak that that word that that would come even that we see in the gospel about our state but then hope, and, and you begin to come away like, Wow. Wow. Keep talking. Keep talking. I just, you know, I'm going to call you up and give me a good word. I've actually done that with somebody before. I'm like, hey, how you doing? This is Raul. How, you, got, you got a moment? It's, it's no big thing. I just, you got a word for me? What's the good word, right? I mean, if you've ever done that. I encourage you to do that, you know, with somebody. He's like, what's the good word? And, and, then, and it's like, if this is their thing... They just like not even miss a Be oh man, here's the deal. That's what here's the good word. I received that. Thank you so much. Wow, click. I got this. I got this. We, we, we can do this. And so, so courage to impart courage to someone. Courage. Now, now, the word and even the tone of this letter, as he shares his heart, and the baseline is an encouragement. That that would simply mean then that potentially or maybe that the recipients or people or even us ourselves could be on the edge or maybe have lost courage. It's a very dangerous place to be. A very very shaky and and a really um, uncomfortable place because as people we were born to hope and to dream and with desires and all kinds. You you were created to do far more than you probably ever thought. But somewhere in this journey called life, a little behavioral adjustments, little things happen to you, some maybe words spoken over you, and all of a sudden it begins to shape and swirl and and fit you into this thing, and you begin to walk down a path that is called the human experience. But it wasn't God's plan and desire to leave you there. And he sent one that would be a game changer for the human experience. And his name is Jesus. And so maybe this morning you might find yourself in a place where it's like, man, I have lost courage. Maybe I've even lost the ability to believe for that hard thing or that healing or that perspective change or even this breakthrough, whatever whatever it is. I mean, you know, you, you know. You know, where's that place? Or maybe you're just teetering. I mean, he addresses, I mean, that's part of this, part of this. And so he says, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's coworker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. Paul reminds them, of the realities of being a new believer and an apostle in the time of the gospel moving throughout the nations and going from country to country, and the opposition that was present when they brought the word. The opposition that was present when, when the gospel or the way was brought to a new place. And in this particular time, it would have been much pagan and Gentile opposition in and, and a way. And even the contrasting of life. And because it was so different. And, and because it was a different spiritual element. And there was warfare. Even in the spiritual going on. It raised the level of opposition against them. So much so that, you know, maybe... It was some ridicule. Maybe it was physical abuse. Maybe it was some believers were getting martyred for their faith in this time. The Apostle Paul set him up because he had previously told them, this is what we're going to face. It's really not a good word. This is really like a realization. Well, guys, here, I want to I share the best news you'll ever heard and the most difficult news you'll ever hear. Jesus is here to radically alter your spiritual condition. The world system is here and is against that. And let me tell you how this plays out. And let me tell you, even we as the messengers of the gospel, as we go from place to place, what we will endure. Well, for us being 2,000 years removed, okay, it's really superficial, really. I mean, I, you know, being able to touch that, those who have been wounded for the gospel or face difficulty for the gospel, like really persecution, but for these believers, in this time, they knew the Apostle Paul. They hung with him. They ate with him. They prayed with him. They, they, they worshiped with him. Their lives were radically changed with him. And then to see him go on and move and then hear reports about what was happening to him. And here you were in Thessalonica listening to uh, having been recently converted and and the culture around you. You still got to go to work. You still have to trade with people. You still have to conduct business in the normal course of life. And now you're no longer like in belief them. You are you following the way. And so when when they used to break and go to that temple and go do their stuff or go bow to this or, or pray to this, you are no longer joining them. I don't think we quite have an understanding of the kind of being on the outs that that might lend itself to. So these new believers, here they are. And the Apostle Paul is, How you guys doing? I'm sending one. I'm sending one to check on you so that you wouldn't be moved about what you hear about what we're going through. His care and concern that that they would make it as a believer. That they wouldn't be blown away or swept away by the opposition or, or persecution. In fact, uh, his concern was that they would be they would be in the presence of God and covered. Um, I just made a note that, you know, earlier in the first chapter that he had made reference to the Holy Spirit, and the Greek word that's used is perikaleo. Uh, It means uh, come, along some, come alongside someone and speak to them. In fact, when he sent Timothy to them, that's what he was asking him to do. Hey, Timothy, would you go alongside and, and speak to them? It's the same word that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. It means a voice, a sound, uh, uh, to, to to direct, but but just an audible, audible instruction language. Timothy, will you go? Will you do this? Will you speak to them? Paul had told them that they would face hard times. In fact, Jesus said also in John 16, 32 and 33, we're going somewhere, hang in here. It said, behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone for the father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace and in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Come on, come on. So so he's telling the disciples right before, right right as he's turning towards the end of his time with them, like, hey, here's what's going to happen. Well, it's easy to kind of hear that, okay, okay, trials and tribulations. Okay. But you've overcome. Yeah! Till you're upside down on the cross. Till you're being whipped and beaten in jail. Till almost every disciple save one was persecuted and tortured, I mean, even the one, but that died as a martyr. I mean, right here, the context, see, see in, our, in our day and age, it's the gospel comes to us as some sort of, we want it to come to us as some sort of greatly inspired new way to great things, and your life is wonderful. And I'm not out to shake that or even whatever the Lord wants to do, but, but, but there is another thing here. The Apostle Paul is writing to the early church in the context of I'm checking on you because of these afflictions and persecutions that are happening or that you're hearing about. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Paul was concerned for them. He was concerned that in this journey of hearing those things and even what would that they would the things that they would have to walk through would be so much for them that they would be lost. In fact, I just pulled some some thoughts here, and so the writer of Hebrews, chapter two, says, "Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away." Uh, how many of you know that that it's really easy? It's really easy when times are good to let go of the things you've heard and slowly begin to drift away. How many of you know though? It is equally as easy when times get hard to let go of those things you've heard and begin to drift away. You see, this is opposite of what our condition is. It, 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 the, the writer there is reminding us that, so, so, so another translation, keep a firm grip on the things you've heard. Bless you Hearing these things right in these moments and taking and laying hold of them are for the very and essential to save your soul. This idea, these reminders, just remember today that when I said Jesus would never leave you or forsake you, you went, yahoo! Just remember that. Because, he, because you are not alone. And that implies that Jesus said that there's going to be tough times that happen. Not all of life is always going to be good. That's difficulty, but you are not alone. And why did he tell him that? Because he cared about him. He didn't want him to lose sight of the reality that there's more than just this. Oh, you are. Your presence is with us. And so... Paul was also concerned that maybe some of the believers who had heard the gospel, maybe like in the story of, of the soil and the seeds in Mark chapter 4, um, and these in the section of 16 and 17, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy or they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, they immediately fall away. Or maybe the apostle Paul was stirred in his spirit by the Holy Spirit to say, go check on them. They received your word, it was good. But you need to share your heart with them so that they endure, they remember, they don't let go, and they don't drift away. This was his heart. They wouldn't give themselves over. And John, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In Matthew 28, I'm with you even to the end of the age. This is the character and nature of God. You are not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. The whole purpose of encouragement is to bring perspective back to center your attitude and altitude, bringing your eyes to the right place. Because when all the storms come and the tumultuous things happen, it's very easy and very real to linger too long or to stay in that place too long. And before you know it, all of the world is about that one thing. And the Apostle Paul is writing out of his heart. And I, I, I want to, I, we couldn't come to see you, so we sent one. We sent one to check on you and bring encouragement. So you needed courage, so that you wouldn't lack courage. So you'd be reminded that you can do this in spite of and in the face of maybe persecution or affliction. And then, he, and then he reminds him and says, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before God as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. In other words, we lift you up in prayer regularly. That, that, that right here is, is a very important principle that it's, it's good and there is joy and knowing there are others and knowing the other. It's good that you can fellowship and congregate and hang out and and be able to look at somebody and say, I'm so glad because of you. You bring great joy to my life. Come on, have you ever said that to somebody? It's kind of weird. If it's not your normal lingo. You make me happy. Your face is just awesome. Your attitude just, man, I wish I was more like that. Come on, right? Come on, like when something begin to turn. I, I can tell you, I was just thinking about it. Or, or even that the, you'll be able to relate to people, that it's good to see them again. When's the last time you, man, it's so good to see you. I can't wait to see you again. Facebook message, can't wait to see you again. When am I going to get together with you? How, when are we going to hang out? Or in my case, it's like the microphone. boom. Hey, when are we going to get together again? Question mark. (laughs) Right? But it's good to be able to to, to share and open up your heart and to to let them in to a picture of of what's going on and that you would understand that relationships, they're not one-way streets, and that you're called to encourage one another. You're called to impart uh, vision, hope. I mean, as you look around, you see people, you're talking with, oh, Wow. You can make it. You can make it. You can do this. Come on. Come on. And sometimes even in the word that you hear, um, it might even be a word that sounds something like this. You created this mess. You have the opportunity to fix this and you have the wherewithal. Or maybe it's this. You had nothing to do with this mess. The Holy Spirit was sent to be a comforter. Let me pray with you. Let me, let me walk with you. Sometimes you just got to be around and be there, right? I mean, come on. This is like we're talking the Apostle Paul with sharing his heart. Yeah, we're going to pray, and we regularly pray for you. What would it be like if we as a church regularly prayed for one another? Just the people that come to mind. Just going to set some time, and, and Lord, just whatever names come to mind, I'm going to pray. Or maybe I'm going to set these few names because this is my relational capacity and these are the ones. Okay, and I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray. And maybe when you don't know how to pray, you've exhausted all of your natural man. You know, I I do make lists. I make lists. Sometimes I make lists about how I pray for people. Sometimes it's, Lord, that they would grow to know you more. Lord, that you would answer their financial issues. Lord, relationships. And then when I run out of the list and I know I'm not supposed to be done, And then it's like, okay, all right, Lord, what next? What next? What am I supposed to say now about them that only you know? Or maybe when I don't know, that's when my prayer language comes in. Yes, we believe in the utterance of words that would be intangible to us, that would be angelic language that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. That when we don't know how to pray, we pray in tongues. And we begin to stir and say, "Lord, have Your way, do what it is, okay." And we begin to speak like that, and then all of a sudden, it's like like popcorn. Wow! And sometimes I know, whoa, I know. Okay, God, do this in them. Have Your way right now, wherever they. Oh, yeah. This is what we're called to do with for one another. We lift you up in prayer because we did. I prayed for you. And then he says, and he tells you how he prays for them, how he prayed for them. 1 Thessalonians 3, 11 and 13, he says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Lord, in your good timing and your will, bring us back to them. Let's have relationship again face to face. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Because by this you'll know him, that they love one another. And as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God. Because there is a way that honors God. That, that, that there's a way that all of the scripture that's laid out, there's a way. It's not given to your own proclivity or bent. It's, there is a way. And the Holy Spirit's here to lead and guide us, not just in behavior, but in the ruminations of the heart. Right? Like in all of the things that, that happen there that he prays. So at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints, you're Ready? How much thought do you ever give that Jesus Christ is returning again? That one day he's going to come back for his church. He's going to come back for his bride. He's going to come back for his people. And it was the Apostle Paul's desire that we would be ready and blameless, that we would walk in holiness toward our God. I think this is a real call in our generation for the church to say, all right, Lord, have your way in us, that we would walk upright and blameless and holiness towards you we're ready for your coming that there's there's a hope and we look forward to that day you see i'm really I'm really jazzed about the idea that we would be able to hear the heartbeat of an apostle right or even just read the words that were on paper toward people toward the believers I believe it's applicable today to us. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like I need this courage. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking my perspective definitely is not right. I know the Lord would have my perspective. Maybe you're here this morning and you're recognizing that maybe the situation you find yourself in was your own doing or is your own doing but you need help in order to change maybe you're here this morning and you're you're courageous enough to say man I found myself here and I have no idea how it came to this how I got here the lord knows the lord knows the lord knows all those things he he didn't come just to leave you alone that he sent one the Holy Spirit to lead and guide in truth and and, and be the comforter, but also that we would have to recognize that we, we must yield our life to him, our ways obey, but he's faithful he's faithful He sent his son Jesus that we would be able to have relationship with him and all the, all the the offenses. That I was born with, and that I did and are doing and have done, forgiveness is made away, Jesus made a way. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're saying, I-, "I need that. I, I want to pray with you, because I believe it's the heart of God that, that you would know love, and that love has a name and His name is Jesus. And I believe it's the heart of God this morning that you would walk out of here encouraged in a way that you know only the Lord could have encouraged you. Only the Lord could have reminded you. Only the Holy Spirit could have put his finger on those things and said, you can do this. I'm with you. Don't let that go. Or you need to dive into this a little more. Or you need to yield to what I'm doing. Or let me carry you. Let me cover you let me fight this war for you let me guard your heart and mind so that nothing that the enemy would try and do would cause harm to you this is the heart of God this is the heart of God he's a restorer he's a rebuilder he's a radical alterations of people's lives that's what he does that's what he does would you stand with me I want to pray. Maybe you're here this morning. You would say that's me. I, I fit that. I just want you to do something with me. And maybe this is everybody. You just put your hand on your heart. It's just symbolic. It means nothing. Just that, but that we're saying okay. Alright Lord. I'm going to pray. But if you find that, I, you just simply, I just want you to simply say, Lord I need your encouragement. Lord I need your comfort. I need your help. Your guidance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are.